Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I appreciate all of you hanging out with me. Uh, and I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. We have got a lot to dive into. I uh, want to encourage you. Let me check the latest numbers. We're marching rapidly towards a million uh, followers on our Outkick YouTube channel. So if you are watching me right now on YouTube, first of all, thank you. Uh, click like and subscribe right below here. As I look, we are at 913,000 YouTube subscribers. I want us to go over a million YouTube subscribers, and I want us to get there today. Well, next week. Next few days, like whatever, uh, whatever the full math is. But um, but I encourage all of you, uh, go subscribe there. And I want to get over a million. We appreciate all the audience that we are getting there. All right, right off the top, um, ESPN tomorrow is going to raise the trans flag over ESPN's campus. I want to make this clear. I wasn't aware. I had to do research on this. There used to just be a rainbow flag. And the idea was the rainbow flag is as inclusive as it can be because it represents all the colors. And that was the flag that represented pride, represented gay people. And then the trans universe decided that it wasn't adequately represented by the rainbow. Ironic because the rainbow is basically every color. Uh, but the trans community decided they weren't represented fully enough, so they decided they designed a brand new flag that was supportive of trans people in particular. That's the flag that ESPN is raising over Bristol at its campus tomorrow. Why is this significant? Because this is important. ESPN has embraced the idea that men who identify as women are fully female, and that they should be counted as women for purposes of athletics. This is important. This is not like some minor thing of, oh, ESPN's talking about Tim Tebow too much, or ESPN is covering LeBron James too much, or, man, I'm so sick of hearing about Brett Favre or Tom Brady or whoever it might be. Those are relatively minor issues with what sports story is talked about. This goes to the essence of sport itself. Who wins the Super Bowl? It doesn't really matter. I mean, I'd love for my Titans to win the Super Bowl at some point in my life. Sadly, I kind of feel like they aren't ever going to do it. But it doesn't really matter, right? Unless you're a member of that team or that organization, your life doesn't really change that much based on who wins games. Deciding that men who identify as women, are actual women, and using your sports broadcast network to propagandize that untruth, it matters. Because as soon as you can be convinced of something that is indisputably false, not only that it's true, or that you have to argue that it's true in order to remain employed or live in a fully functioning society, you are on the road to authoritarianism. Totalian, totalitarianism requires the embrace of things that are untrue 
and the unquestioned acceptance of those untruths as if they are in fact true. And so this is a big deal. And I think it's very consequential. And I think it's very impactful. Men who identify as women are not women. And they certainly shouldn't be allowed to compete against women. This is not a radical idea. This is something that 80 or 90% of sports fans appreciate and endorse. This is why I've got a 12U son playing 12U baseball. He's not suddenly going to have to compete against a 16-year-old because trans age is not a thing. If you are someone who enjoys the UFC or boxing, people in the highest weight class don't get to identify as a different weight and compete against people in a smaller weight class. And men don't get to identify against uh, as women and win women's championships. This is the essence of sport itself. Sam Ponder is being attacked and called a bigot. No one at ESPN is defending her in a corporate structure. She tweeted a defense of herself today, and she said, biology is not bigotry. But look at what ESPN is doing. I don't think it's a coincidence that the entire ESPN corporate apparatus is refusing to defend Sam Ponder from accusations of bigotry. They're actually allowing employees to favorite articles calling her a bigot, and tomorrow they are raising the trans flag over ESPN's campus. This comes on the heels of them running during ESPN programming advertisements for Leah Thomas, a man who identifies as a woman and honoring Leah Thomas as a women's sports hero. This is falsehood. This is propaganda. This is the triumph of falsity over truth. This actually matters. And what ESPN is telling you, and remember who owns ESPN, it's Disney, is that if you want to pretend to be a woman, not only are you truly a woman, but anybody who questions that is a bigot, including ESPN's own employees. The message is crystal clear, and it's wrong. And I want all of you watching right now to understand the propagandistic nature of what ESPN's programming is attempting here. They are raising the trans flag quite literally over the campus of ESPN, and they are refusing to defend one of their prominent female employees from accusations of bigotry from inside of the sports media because the powers that be at Disney and ESPN have made the decision that men should be able to identify as women and they should be able to become women's champions. ESPN is now so far left-wing that a man with a penis is a woman. I just, you want to talk about Bud Light. Bud Light justifiably got absolutely obliterated in the marketplace because they endorsed the idea that chicks with dicks are actually women. And a lot of Bud Light drinkers out there just said, you know what? We're not playing this game. Most viewers of ESPN are men. 
a lot of you out there watching and listening to me right now have daughters, have granddaughters, have significant others that compete in athletics. Do you think a chick with a dick should be able to compete against them? Do you think that some dude should win a women's weightlifting contest and pull his dick out and twirl it around like a helicopter to celebrate his women's championship? That's what ESPN believes. They believe that chicks with dicks are the greatest women's athletes of all time. And obviously, chicks is in quotation marks because biology is real. Men are not women. I can't believe that this is where we are. I can't believe that this is where sports has descended to, where I feel like I'm taking crazy pills and I got to be like, hey, a dude should not be able to become a women's champion. And some guy who says he's a woman shouldn't be able to walk into women's locker rooms and get undressed just like he's a chick when he's got a friggin' dick. When you are required, because of your political ideology, to argue something that you know is untrue, you are no longer a part of a political party. You're a part of a cult. And this is significant, and I'm speaking to people on both the left and the right here. Deciding that you support something to such an extent that you are willing to abandon logic, reason, and truth to support that does not make you a principled member of a political party. It makes you a cultist. Okay? If you are right now so committed to the left wing of the Democrat Party that you will argue that a man with a penis is a woman, you have given up all sense of logic, rationality, reason, and truth. You are a propagandist. You are no longer a rational human. That is ESPN's position as a network. Okay? This is crazy town. This is levels of insanity that I've never seen before. I've criticized ESPN for a long time. It's one reason I founded my own media company, because I thought ESPN was not serving the American sports fan, which was their initial job. And I say that as somebody who grew up sitting in front of Sports Center, eating my cereal, watching Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick back in the day to start off my school day. That ESPN would have never even thought to argue that a dude was a woman. And if you want to talk about how logically broken and cultish this belief is, just ask another question. Can you choose your race? No one at ESPN would say that you can. So why can you choose your race, uh, choose your gender? And if you say to yourself right now, well, it's not that big of an issue, it is becoming a big issue. As soon as a dude wins a women's championship, it's a big issue. This is becoming paramount everywhere. All women's sports are going to have dudes, that is biological men with dicks, trying to win women's championships. 
far left-wing ideology is so cultish now that it believes it's on the right side of history when it argues for the erasure of women's sports. This is crazy. There's no way to defend it. I just talked about cult, okay? Some people are getting upset with me. I don't care. (laughs) First of all, I just don't, all right? I will tell you exactly what I think, and you can say, more power to you, Clay Travis, I agree with you, or you can say, you're full of it, I hate you. I'm going to follow logic, rationality, and truth in all of my opinions, okay? Donald Trump is lying right now about uh, Ron DeSantis and Florida and how Ron DeSantis did during COVID. I'm sorry, Trump is lying when he says that Ron DeSantis did a crappy job, and I'm paraphrasing, during COVID. That is untrue, okay? And if you are a Trump voter, and I am one, and when you hear me say that, you immediately recoil, my suggestion to you would be, are you a voter or are you a cult member? Just like I went after ESPN over raising the transgender flag and arguing that men are uh, women, Florida did a phenomenal job during COVID. Ron DeSantis kept schools open, took kids out of masks, allowed sports to be played. Ron DeSantis made the right decisions for the state of Florida. It's why everybody moved to Florida from California and Illinois and New York in particular. When Trump says that he did a bad job with COVID, Trump is lying to you. It's not true. When Trump says, oh, New York did a better job and he's actually got Andrew Cuomo retweeting him, it's like we're going back in time to 2020. All of these arguments are proven, right? Florida, you have to adjust based on the age of the people in the state. Based on the age of the people in the state, while keeping Florida open and while keeping Florida schools open on an age-adjusted basis, remember Florida has a lot of old people, Florida did much better than New York and California. Now, there are lots of reasons why you may prefer Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis, but the idea that it's because Ron DeSantis did a poor job with COVID in Florida is a lie. Trump, in my opinion, should be ashamed to make that argument because it isn't true. People say, oh, well, you voted for Trump. No, yes, I did. And if Trump is the nominee in 2024, I will happily vote for him over Joe Biden. I will work to get Donald Trump elected in 2024. Make no mistake about it. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to support things that are factually untrue, which I have fought over for years because Trump wants to beat Ron DeSantis in the primary. I'm not going to do it. And if that makes you upset, and if you're fired up, I don't care. I don't care one iota. Then if you're sitting around, like we had a caller today, I'll share the caller. Said, oh, you're a propagandist. You're saying what so-and-so wants you. No, no. I don't care what anybody thinks. Go look at my entire history. There has never been a point in time when I've ever looked over my shoulder 
and worried about whether somebody was behind me or not supporting what I'm saying. I don't care. I tell you exactly what I think. And if you agree with it, fine. If you hate me and you disagree with all of it, fine too. Look, the reality is I'm incredibly fortunate. I don't have to ever work again for the rest of my life, and my family's going to be filthy rich for all their lives and probably my grandkids too, okay? I get out of bed every morning because I want to fight battles that matter for America because I have the luxury now to have all the financial wherewithal that I could have ever had and more and be able to say exactly what I think and not have to worry about anybody canceling me or not being able to be on this show or not being able to be on that show. I can go directly to my audience, tell you exactly what I think. And if that is ESPN is fully enthralled to the transgender agenda and they are telling you a fundamental untruth, which is women are men, that's a lie. I'm going to call it out. And when Trump comes out and he attacks Kaylee McEnany, and then he also is attacking Ron DeSantis, and he's retweeting Andrew Cuomo, that's a lie too, and I'm going to call it out. I'm not looking for fa- for favor. I just don't care. I'm looking to try to make America actually normal again. So my book coming out in August is all about how do we win a landslide in 2024 so all of this woke insanity can recede and disappear. That's what I think about all the time. I'm 44. I'm thinking about my 15-year-old, my 12-year-old, my 8-year-old. How do I make America better for them and hopefully for my future grandkids? That's what gets me out of bed every morning right now. It's the truth. And so if you think, oh, Clay's taking marching orders from you, never listen to me. All right? I have always been, for better or worse, uncontrolled. And I have always taken jobs that give me more freedom. And so if you think somebody's going to whisper in my ear and I'm going to run out and say whatever they want, you just have no idea what you're marching into. And just go look at the history of all the things that I've said, including calling out Donald Trump for this lie. I'm not going to stand for it. And I also think, by the way, let me say this. I know Kaylee McEnany. I like Kaylee. Trump took a shot at her while she was hosting a Fox News show yesterday, okay? And by the way, people out there were like, I spoke out in favor of Tucker. I like Tucker. I think Tucker did a great job, right? I've talked about Tucker and the fact that I don't understand why he's no longer on the air, right? That's a decision that I didn't make. I wouldn't have made it personally. Based on everything that I know, I wouldn't have done it, right? But when Trump argues that it's disloyal, for Ron DeSantis to run for president. And then he goes after his own press secretary and attacks her. Why is loyalty only a one-way street for Trump? Honest question. I don't think it's disloyal for somebody to compete for a top job. The analogy that I made on my radio show recently, I'll make it again. Was it disloyal for Kirby Smart to try to win the national championship over Nick Saban? Of course not. That's the job. Yet Kirby Smart only got his head coaching job at Georgia because of the job that Nick Saban gave him that eventually allowed him to be the defensive coordinator at Alabama. In other words, Kirby Smart owes 
his current job as head coach of Georgia to the support of Nick Saban. Just like, to some extent, Ron DeSantis owed his election in 2018 to Donald Trump. But guess what? Trump didn't endorse Ron DeSantis in 2022, and Ron DeSantis won re-election in Florida by 19 points. 19 points. DeSantis won Florida by more than Gavin Newsom won California, a landslide in a formerly toss-up state with no endorsement from Donald Trump at all. Similarly, Kirby Smart won the national championship at Georgia, not because Nick Saban gave him the defensive coordinator job at Alabama. He won it because he's built a hell of a program at Georgia. It's not disloyal for Kirby Smart to compete for a national championship against Nick Saban. That's the job. Ron DeSantis competing for the presidency, which is the national championship of politics against Donald Trump, isn't remotely disloyal. But if Trump truly thought that it was disloyal, shouldn't he be the most loyal person on the planet? Shouldn't he be out there praising Kaylee McEnany to the moon because she was one of the most zealous and steadfast advocates for the Trump administration on the planet? And if he really wants to attack somebody for disloyalty, shouldn't he be going after Mike Pence, his former vice president? Oh, the guy that Trump would never pick to be vice president again. But he's not attacking Mike Pence because he doesn't see Mike Pence as a threat. That's why he's attacking Ron DeSantis. But get out of here with this stupid loyalty argument. Hey, Clay Travis right here. Outkick the show is dominating. We'll continue to roll. More coming back in a moment. But first, this. I never would have believed it. I don't want to wait for my life to be over. I never would have believed that Dawson Leary, a.k.a. James Vanderbeek, a.k.a. Johnny Maxson, Moxon, sorry, Johnny Moxon, from Varsity Blues, would make more sense talking about Joe Biden not getting in the race than anybody on MSNBC and on anybody on CNN. Uh, maybe we can cut in James Vanderbeek here to share this with those of you out there who have not seen it. Uh, but look, Joe Biden is going to be the weakest incumbent presidential candidate in any of our lives. And he has dementia, in my opinion. And he clearly is not up for the job, in my opinion. Which is why, by the way, Trump should be making his case against Joe Biden, not focused on rivals in the Republican primary right now. But if you look at what James Vanderbeek said, and this is the argument that I've made a lot. There are a bunch of people who are going to evidently get into the race uh, for the Republican nomination. Mike Pence and Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey, next week. Why isn't anyone challenging Joe Biden? I think Gavin Newsom would win the nomination. I think Fat Pritzker out of uh, Illinois might win the nomination. Heck, Andrew friggin' Cuomo might win the nomination if he ran against Joe Biden. Why is every Democrat afraid to challenge Joe Biden 
except for RFK Jr., who I like a lot of what RFK Jr. is saying. We had him on the radio show. I thought he was fantastic. Um, Marianne Williamson, who's a new age kook, uh, but more power to her. She just wants to bring attention to her ideas. Why isn't anyone challenging Biden? And why is the DNC protecting him to such an extent? Remember, we're talking about 20% support for RFK Jr., 7 or 8% support for Marianne Williamson. That's a lot of people in the Democrat Party who are supporting somebody other than Joe Biden. Why is that? Um, I think it's worth thinking about. Pat McAfee. Uh, I want to give credit to Pat McAfee. Um, I know that a lot of people have been reacting to him taking his show to ESPN. I hope he's going to maintain creative control because I'll say it. I've always had it written into my contracts. I have complete creative control over anything that I say in my show. You can decide not to sign me for a variety of reasons, but it's never going to be because I have given away creative control because I trust my ability to build audience and I believe authenticity is the most important coin of the realm, okay? So $85 million uh, that Pat McAfee is getting paid over the next five years, that's $17 million a year. Uh, now, ESPN's in the middle of layoffs. I imagine there are some people who are upset about that. But I always root for media talent to make as much money as possible. Because for what I do, I want everybody out there to make money hand over fist. Just like you see NFL quarterbacks, there's always somebody stair-stepping up over the next guy. Uh, I, my deals are up in a couple of years. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. There's a part of me that might just grab my phone. I joke with my wife all the time, and I may just throw it as far as I can into the ocean from one of my two beach places, and I may just vanish, and I may say, you know what? I made enough money. In two years, I may be out and done with, right? Could be done with media. I'm 44. I could say, hey, at 47, I guess I got two and a half years left. At 47, I'm done. I'm out. Nothing more from me right? Could happen. Might also decide I want to start a new media company. Might decide I want to do a bunch of different types of new shows. I don't know. But I know that if I want to work, there's going to be a lot of money out there. Uh, because when I see Pat McAfee making $85 million, I say more power to you. I went on Stephen A. Smith's podcast recently. If I'm Stephen A. Smith, and I see Pat McAfee's making $17 million a year, I say I should be making $25 million a year. I've been here. I'm talking as if I were Stephen A. I've been here longer. I do more. No begrudging Pat McAfee, $17 million. But just like if you are a quarterback, if I'm Joe Burrow, and I see what Deshaun Watson's making, I think I deserve more. If I am Josh Allen, and I see what Lamar Jackson's making, I think I deserve more. If you think you're the best, you want that bar set high, and then you want to make more than that bar if you decide to be an employee. So more power to Pat McAfee. He's built a good brand for himself. He's put on a good show. Uh, I hope that ESPN gets out of the way and lets him continue to do what he does and recognizes that the reason he has the audience he does is because he's not similar to a lot of people at ESPN. Uh, but if I'm Stephen A., I'm like, okay, Pat McAfee, you made 17. I deserve 25. Hell, Stephen A may be sitting back saying, you know what? 
If he gets 17, I deserve 34. We'll see what the market does. Your boy here is a capitalist. You're never going to hear me crying about what somebody else makes. I want everybody to get filthy rich off their talents. Um, Major League Baseball, speaking of talents, there appears to be a player revolt that is building associated with the Dodgers deciding to bring in an anti-Catholic group. And look, there's a consistency to my position on this. If you wouldn't bring in an anti-Muslim group, and if you wouldn't bring in an anti-Jewish group, and if you wouldn't bring in uh, an anti-Hindu group as a part of your Pride Night celebration, why in the world would you bring in an anti-Christian group, Catholic faith in particular? Um, and let me build on that a little bit more. Why do you need knights? Like, I understand. I'm going to the Atlanta Braves game soon. Um, and when I go to the Atlanta Braves game, I am going to take my kids. We're going to six straight games late July into early August. I have no idea what the Knights are, right? Braves just lost two straight games somehow to the A's, right? Maybe if they give away a batting glove or bobblehead or something, I'll get in line earlier because my boys might want it. But to me, if you have to try to have Knights, Friday night, religious night, whatever it is, uh, you know, like lawnmower night, uh, whatever night it is. Why don't you just put on a really great night every single night at the ballpark? I don't need my team to signify in some way that they care about me at all. Maybe I've got too high of self-confidence, but I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. I don't need to know that the Atlanta Braves like Nashville. Like, if they had a Nashville night at the Atlanta Braves Stadium to celebrate Braves fans from Nashville, what do I care? Why do we need nights at all? Shouldn't every team just focus on making every night at their stadium or their arena a spectacular value for every single fan? Why in the world have we created this 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 universe, right? Where you have to celebrate all these different groups. Just have fun at the park night. And it should be every night. Major League Baseball, NHL, NFL, all of it, right? And let me continue with this. Because as soon as you start to endorse different groups as part of your celebration... Players are starting to say, I don't agree with this, right? There are lots of Catholic players in Major League Baseball. They don't agree with their religion being ridiculed. And why should they? Why should their employer be putting them in a position where in some way they are endorsing beliefs that they may not agree with? I think this could turn into a big story going forward. The players' union can rightly say, how about we just go back to playing baseball? How about we just go back to playing football? How about we just go back to playing basketball and leave all the political shenanigans for others and let's just put on a really good sporting night where people feel like they get a lot of value? Finally, 
I want to tee off here for a moment. There's a Variety article up surrounding Sage Steele. ESPN suspended and penalized Sage Steele when she went on Jay Cutler's podcast. By the way, Jay Cutler is my partner in the fabulous Gratis Beer, which you can get all over the fabulous state of Tennessee. And here is a little bit of swag. So I know Jay. I like Jay. Lives down the street from me. Um, And uh, Sage Steele went on the Jay Cutler podcast, and she said that she disagreed with the COVID shot mandate that Disney was requiring all of their employees to get. By the way, Sage Steele, 100% right that there was no reason for a COVID shot mandate in the first place because it didn't protect anyone, and I bet everybody at ESPN and Disney has already had COVID, just like everybody else has all over the country. But let me just ask you this. This is something I strongly believe in. Why should every employee not be able to say exactly what they think on any issue under the sun, especially when they're out of work, without it having to somehow implicate their employer? One of the big problems, I think, with social media in general is all of a sudden what everybody posted on Facebook or what everybody posted on Twitter or Instagram or whatever the heck social media platform you use somehow became a referendum on the larger universe surrounding that person's life. When the reality is every individual has the right to stand up for whatever they believe, certainly outside of work. It's not just that. Sage Steele had the right to have that opinion about COVID. She didn't deserve to be demoted. But ESPN is now using their network to propagandize on far left-wing ideology. During last year, that is March of 2022, ESPN had a moment of silence to protest kindergarten, first, second, and third graders not being taught about gay-related issues and sex-related issues in the state of Florida something that parents overwhelmingly support. So ESPN is fine with far-left-wing on-air propaganda on their network. As I started off this show discussing, they are raising the trans flag over the campus. But they aren't okay with Sage Steele sharing her opinions outside of work? How can you justify Disney having one position that you actually put on your network that is a lie that men are women and deserve to be treated as such when it comes to women's sports and that you can attack the Florida bill, the so-called don't say gay bill, with moments of silence during your actual sporting events on your network. But Sage Steele can't speak out her opinion, out of work as it pertains to her political opinions. How can you justify that? And how does this not blow up the entire logic of the Disney lawsuit against Ron DeSantis and the state of Florida? Disney is arguing that the company deserves First Amendment rights in Florida, but that its own employee, Sage Steele, 
doesn't deserve First Amendment rights. How can you be that hypocritical? Now, I don't think Ron DeSantis did anything wrong in Florida. In fact, I agree with his actions on Disney. But note what Disney is arguing. They're arguing we should be able to make any political statement under the sun in the state of Florida, and anyone who disagrees with that, we're going to sue. And they're simultaneously saying, but Sage Steele shouldn't be able to share her political opinions actually outside of work. It's a big hypocrisy. It's massive. Credit to Sage Steele for speaking out. This is indefensible. Woke Disney is trying to destroy the truth in this country, and ESPN is one of their foremost advocates in so acting. I am Clay Travis. You may not like me. You may even hate me. You might disagree with a lot of what I say, but guess what? I don't care. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis. This has been Outkick, the show.